one showing is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 108 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network, go follow us at WittySports716 on Twitter, Instagram, and follow everything Built-In Buffalo is giving you. Twitter, Facebook, it's a takeover at Built-In Buffalo underscore. Great content every single day from all of us here at Built-In Buffalo. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on? It takes two trays to make us win a ring. It takes two trays to make me want to sing. It takes the trade to bring Marlo home. Highs playing where the Buffalo roam. Witty Not Funny Pod starts right now. Matt, what's up? Oh, uh, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock? Yeah, if that's who sings that song. I'll leave it, it, to, is. I'll leave it to you to know that knowledge because I don't. Classic. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. What a fucking statement. It's a great song. Uh, all right. Yeah. Tony, great. are you watching the Sabres and their reverse retros right now? I am not watching it right now because I'm using my resources for this pod, but I was watching it until this point. What what day are you watching it? (laughs) I have a split screen going as we record. Uh, I am watching it. What are your thoughts about the reverse retros in action? Uh, I wish we didn't premiere it with the penguins as our opponent, because obviously, as I've said in a previous podcast, they're very white forward, just like Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. And I would also say that secondarily to that yellow is probably what you see the most so seeing like yellow and white i was a little thrown off at first like oh wait who are we because i'm seeing like white and yellow jerseys with just you know sprinkles of blue in them really threw me off took took a little bit of getting used to i like them on a body but in this game against the ice i don't know i could use a little more color what are your thoughts yeah there's a lot of white. Also, midterms in a week. Make sure you go vote, people, <laughs> listeners. Um, well, you mentioned Charlottesville. I thought that was a political statement. I don't know. Early voting is right now. Oh, go vote now. Go vote. Make Turn your off the pot. Pause the pot. It's like, I'm going to make my voice heard right now because I thought they looked better during the hype video than they do actually on ice. Yes. I, like, I still like That's the logo. What I'm I like the... I like the goat head, blue and gold. The yellow feels like too yellow and there's too much white, especially the pants being all white. These are not pants that Paul Pierce or Lamar Jackson could wear, for those who understand the reference, because they have bowel issues. And you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day, right? Isn't that like a rule, Sabres? That's a good point. Sabres are on blast by fashionistas. <laughs> so so I'll give them like a 6 out of 10. Ooh. Not, not as crazy about them as I thought, but... If the Sabres are winning games and playing good hockey, which they are currently 
well, they're not winning right now, but they have been winning and they've been playing good hockey throughout the season. They look like an NHL team. I, that, that's all I care about. I don't care if they wear garbage bags out there as long as they're playing good hockey. Matt, here's my proposal. Let, or let me ask you this. What if there was, just as it was in the 90s, with the white jerseys, what if there was blue shoulders? Oh, interesting. I even don't know if you have to go that far. I even think like just like a blue striped on the side of the pants would be fine. I think Ooh. that would like sell it for me, honestly. I just think there needs to be more to them than the all white. Yes. Pants. There's, there's just a lot of white. You're even right. there's a lot even, of even the like, I don't know how would you call it, like the triangles on the hips. There's just the two. There's just a blue one right. and then gold around it. I think there could be more there. Like in the 90s, there was a gray. There was like gray and red and black. Involved like gray that. accenting. Yeah. My Yes. What I would want is straight up blue shorts, straight up blue pants, solid blue pants and blue yeah. shoulders and blue body. I want it all as blue. well. <laughs> the mom? What? They're, it's the mom's trip with the team. Like they're at the game tonight. Uh, and then they're going on the road oh. for two games with their sons. Is it a coincidence that the mom's trip is the same weekend that the Bills play Zach Wilson? I, I don't think so. Keep that guy I away think from it's a the too, moms. Yeah, I think it's a little too convenient, if you ask me. It's it's a little too are we coincidental. Playing, the Bills are, are away. We playing the, are we, saying, are we playing the Rangers, Islanders, or Devils? No, I think we're going down to like Carolina. Farthest away from Zach Wilson, they can buy. That's it. even worse. <laughs> Yeah, but you better watch out for that PJ Walker. <laughs> You've heard things? Well, I haven't not heard things. Okay, there you go. See? See? Glass half full. PJ well, Walker. I that's a lie. I, I haven't heard things. No, no. We're not we're not besmirching PJ Walker on this podcast. That's no, not our goal. Actually, for I I couldn't imagine a player that our listeners would know the name of that I know less about than PJ Walker. He was a was it the Alliance? He was like MVP of the American Football Alliance League or whatever it was. That's all I MVP. remember. Yeah, he was really good. Very impressive. Uh, for that league. Tony, happy Halloween plus two days. To the listeners, happy well. Halloween. So in honor of Halloween plus two days, let's kick off the show tonight by giving our listeners some scary costumes as in what are the worst Bills costumes that one could possibly come up with or think of? Let's do two each and then some honorable mentions if you have them. Tony, if you could be so kind, I would like to uh, kick it off here tonight with the worst Bills Halloween costume ideas. I will allow it. For my first choice, I have a lot of good ones, I feel like. I'm going with Leotis McKelvin's translator. Like a personal translator? Like a, like a language that follows like a, having a language barrier. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Because obviously <laughs> and what, when Leo So descri- describe for him, me the visuals of this costume. Describe for me the um, visuals of this costume. I'm going into Salvation Army and I have this costume on my agenda. What am I looking for? Nothing flannel. Probably the most like inconspicuous thing you could think of. You want to be in the background because you don't want to embarrass Leotis, but you want to say, hey, media, after you're done talking to Leotis, Come talk to me and I'll translate what he said for you. So I'm thinking you're you're kind of in the shadows. A lot of black, a lot of black, a lot of behind the scenes action, a little Wizard of Oz action. And then after the media is done and has to kind of go through their notes and wonder, what the heck did Leotis say? You step in and say, I got you, media. Don't worry. I'm the Leotis McKelvin translator. Once again, Tony, these are the worst Halloween costumes 
that the Bills fans could think of. <laughs> These aren't good. You're right. That is not good. <laughs> I'm going to wear a black turtleneck. Basically, what I'm picturing this is I'm dressing like as a member of stage crew. And I was then thinking I'm Michael Myers sprockets. Well, yes, yeah, sprockets. Black. That's a good. That's a good reference. Good. Yeah, all black outfit. Uh, Tony, what's your what's your first choice for worst costume idea for a Bills fan? I presume this is my worst idea. It's based on something that we learned about a Bills legend, Doug Flutie, in the past year or so, uh, and it's QAnon Doug Flutie or QAnon Flutie. <laughs> oh no! So Doug Flutie and uh, he's now QAnon, a lot of QAnon. Tony. I feel like a big theme going here. It's midterms, baby. It's midterms. Good Lord. <laughs> we come off a of bye week and we are right into it. <laughs> yep. Talk to me about QAnon week. Flutie. QAnon Flutie is basically how I picture Doug Flutie in this day and age. You're wearing some kind of Flutie jersey. You are maybe carrying some sort of laptop that is just honed in to... Now, what is Q's, like, mode? How does it work? Is it like a newsletter? If... if... The HBO documentary last year taught me anything. It's like a post on a forum or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds about think, right. Yeah, because I like I don't the think idea. You, I don't think you like sign an... up for QAnon. Oh, well, you know, you sign up. Yeah, you get yourself into the forum. Okay. Well, I like the idea. I don't of think there's any terms QAnon and conditions to accept with QAnon. But I do like the idea of like an open laptop that is, you know, a lot of like deep open windows sort of for reddit style forums and threads open on it flutie has something written on his jersey about uh i don't know some bullshit some don't try to me style bullshit or something <laughs> it's doug flutie he's got weird q stuff going on and he's like forking over a lot of money to weird places <laughs> buying a lot of commemorative coins for no reason yeah 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 but he's also like reselling them He's probably also reselling like my pillows. He's got like a garage full of my pillows that he's reselling. Oh yeah, absolutely. In yeah, like a pyramid scheme. Like, he's just out on the street like spewing Rob Johnson conspiracies. Even though they're not true. Yeah, not Rob to anyone Johnson. in particular. Just whoever will listen. Yeah, don't go like near Rob Johnson. His arms are magnetic from the vax. Stuff like that. <laughs> QAnon Flutie. You mentioned a, like an open laptop. I picture the Nathan Fielder from the rehearsal that like suspenders laptop oh yeah oh that's a great idea yeah that would be great yeah like he's something to really show he's in way too deep yeah that's that's an obvious one no i like it qanon flutie (laughs) uh tony for my Mm -hmm. second choice to some people he's just a marketing guy but to me he's still a marketing guy and not a good gm my second pick for worst bill's halloween costume idea russ brandon's intern that's it job nobody (laughs) wants (laughs) Oh, oh, that's what you meant by it. Okay. Not what I was thinking. Or maybe it is what I was thinking. Go on. I don't want to know what you're thinking. I don't want to know what anyone's thinking when it comes to Russ Brandon. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's like a date rape victim. Oh, well, uh, yeah, we're on the same page. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go on. Oh, oh. I feel like still to this day, he's still like in the shadow business happenings around the area of Buffalo. He's not mentioned by name, but you know, like there's some shady influence of his being played in any dealings, not with the bills, but with any company involving Buffalo. I just feel like he's ever present, like Freddy Krueger, like don't go to sleep or Russ Brandon's going to come and haunt you. Yeah, maybe it's because we were just talking about QAnon, but I'm picturing like a Macy's Pizza Gate 
situation. Like Russ Brandon is acquiring and de- and trading out like interns, female interns, and like the basement of a pizzeria. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe uh, yeah. it's like the black phone, but instead of abducting children, he's going around in a van of abducting college interns. Yeah, exactly. And you know yeah, who's that, driving the it. van? Ooh. You know who's driving that van? QAnon Flutie. <laughs> exactly. Adds up. <laughs> it all adds up. It's all a big conspiracy. <laughs> Tony, your second choice. Uh, my second choice, I wrote as a bad one, but now in this conversation, I think it's kind of a good one. Uh, oh, no. And I, I don't like where this kind is of wish, I kind of wish uh, someone did it on Halloween uh, because it is apropos to current events and it's apropos to Bill's history and it's another political one. It's Bill Reform Co. Simpson. God, how, how fitting a Co. Simpson reference because we'll talk about a, a guy who the Bills reattained who also went to Detroit mm-hmm, and, then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then did the thing Co. Simpson couldn't and come back to the Bills. Uh, <laughs> Bill Reform Co. Simpson. I, I like that. Yeah, Bill <laughs> from Co. Simpson. As you know, he's worth millions. Worth. So the equity has been delivered towards his bail because... He does not have to use his millions on the bond. How that articulates in a costume? Well, I'll leave it up to uh, I'll leave it up to the creatives to decide that. Because basically, I just picture someone in a Coach Simpson jersey walking around a Halloween party, just screaming at people that, that he's, he's worth millions. millions. How much do you think Coach Simpson they can't arrest him? is worth current day? Uh, what's the minimum wage right now? Federal. <laughs> If you had a choice to <laughs> have dinner with Co Simpson or purchase a in window AC unit, what would you choose? Like a new one? <laughs> yeah, like or a like, new one. Uh, if helps, I think Co if that helps you decide. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just want to see where we're at in terms of you know, the level of importance Co Simpson holds more than an okay. air conditioner. I mean, Good. We, we, we established Im- that. Importance is tough. Importance is. A tough word to go with that on. All right, I got you. Bail Reform Co. Simpson. I like it. like it. Tony, a couple of my honorable mentions. Just tell me, you know, yes or no. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I'll just rattle them off real quick. The third Bobby Babbage. No. No, thumbs down. Nate Peterman, but in a Nate Peterman hype video. (laughs) What? Yes. Like you dress as Nate Peterman and you, you carry around like strobe lights and disco ball because <laughs> the bills okay. famously famously did a nate peterman hype video when he was named starter it was and famous to this, uh-huh. this day it's still the worst usage of time from the bills media team that it's ever possible dick duran just straight up dick duran because as many people that are fond of halloween know the quietest ones are always the scariest tony so just dick duran straight up dick mm-hmm. duran always had a great mm-hmm. creepy vibe didn't yes he? It always felt to me like you could deliberately peel back the skin right. and see like a metallic skull underneath. Or he would peel you, your skin. If oh, he, yeah. He's wearing he someone some else's skin. Hostile situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And final honorable mention, pantsless Cyrus Quanjo. That's an image nobody wants to see. Right. Uh, Tony, did you have any honorable mentions? I do have some honorable mentions. This might be kind of a deep cut, but I once heard a rumor that Brown drove drunk into someone's pool and Ralph Wilson paid them off to sh- shove it under the rug. Uh, so I have Ruben Brown, Ruben Brown. Oh, Ruben it's just a rumor Brown. that I heard. So I have like Ruben Brown in a pool ring or 
some kind of like drunk driving Ruben Brown. Is that a new segment idea, Tony? Drunk driving Ruben Brown? No, Ruben Rumors. Like we just make up rumors about Ruben Brown. Oh, Ruben Rumors. I do like the name Ruben Rumors. It's time for Ruben Rumors. We just spread disinformation about Ruben Brown. Yes. Love it. Love it. Oh, that'd be um, great. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> I, I have, uh, so being a Fredonia alum myself, there's many stories about town that you can, will, and should hear when training camp was in Fredonia and mm-hmm. the shenanigans that the players would run into in those summers, unchecked summers in downtown Fredonia, especially in terms of womanizing. So I have Sonny's Andre Reed. I have Andre Reed at Sonny's. Andre Reed known to be the most aggressive towards women. So I have Andre okay. Reed at Sonny's, the hot I like spot. It. I, give that one I have, so this is a, a couple's costume and it's... We, we don't forget uh, about the couples on this podcast, oh, that's for sure. Correct, yes, we don't. It's a couple's costume and it's Matt Arise's lawyer and the defense attorney. Oh no, okay, moving on. <laughs> First of all, Tony, you broke rule, rule number one. We, we don't uh, mention his name on this podcast. That's true, we don't, you're right. The but, punter who uh, shall not be named. Yeah, right. I should have said a Bill's former punter's attorney right? and the prosecutor. In many ways, they're not even related to said punter. They are just in the beef amongst themselves, this internal rivalry that they have that we all watched play out on Twitter before the season started. And then we didn't give a shit anymore because the season started. Those are listeners are... Halloween costumes. Keep this bookmarked, this episode bookmarked for next year, because those are some gems of some costumes if you're a Bills fan. Tony, the Bills themselves on the bye week had a little Halloween party. I'm sure you saw the pictures as I did. Uh, I did. Initial thoughts of the Bills and their their Halloween festivities. Who stood out? Who disappointed? What do you think? Well, it became clear to me early that they rented out the old bank in East Aurora which is great to match like the theme, at least of Brittany and Josh's costume. King Queen. Yep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Very impressed by them. Standing out to me the most was Micah Hyde's costume as Frankenstein. And I, that, that, that was, if we were to power rank, that was my first choice as well, because he's having neck surgery or had yeah. neck surgery. So the Frankenstein with the bolts out his neck and then playing off that, I thought that was, that was chef's kiss right there. Well, well played by Micah Hyde. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What did you think of Josh and Brittany? Not impressed. No, I wasn't. You can't just put either. a tux on and call it a Halloween, Halloween costume. And I thought on top of that, he really missed an opportunity with Stefan Diggs dressed up. I'm guessing as Turk from Scrubs to be JD from Scrubs. Oh, I did not think. I just assumed it was a generic doctor. I, I did didn't too, even think about that. It came off like Scrubs characters. That's what I thought. <laughs> hmm. Just saying. Okay. Interesting. What were the Morses wearing? I didn't see that one. Uh, I think it's it's kind of hard to tell because maybe actually maybe this isn't Mitch Morse. Now that I look at it, maybe this is Tommy Sweeney. But it's like I think Ross. What is it? Yeah, this might this actually this is not Mitch Morse. I don't know. Yeah, now that I'm looking at it, I don't think this is Mitch Morse is bald. So is this person bald? Let's just well, that up. well, it's hard to tell because there's a it's hard to tell because there's a wig, Matt. Ah, uh, okay. Always but tricky. I do you think Always this tricky. Is, Tommy Sweeney now. Most interesting man on the team. So that makes it a good costume. He is, yes, he is the most interesting man on the team. What'd you think of? I've uh, seen it. What'd you think of the pharaohs that uh, Maine and Mrs. Maine brought to the table? <laughs> Mrs. Maine, I like that. Yeah, I mean, okay, sure. Yeah, why not? How I feel about it. 
yeah, kind of okay. eh about it. I'm I'm more of like since I'm frugal as all heck, I like to see a little more creativity in my costumes. Yeah, some, maybe maybe some pop culture references. That's why I liked Micah Hyde because I thought it was you know it was generic Frankenstein, but on Micah Hyde, I thought it was pretty creative. So yes, I love yeah Micah Hyde as we said, winner for me. Yes, winner as well. And I think the only that thing is, that involved any kind of makeup or face paint. Yeah, I think you're right. Everyone else just I had saw. kind of yeah, that, generic stuff. Yeah, that means something to me. Yeah, you go that extra that effort for face paint, definitely means right. something, for sure. Wow, Sabres, what a comeback. Down 3-1, one, one, six, three. Oh my gosh, what? Oh. Yeah, what a comeback. Wow. Big third period. I can't wait. Wait to watch those highlights as I go to sleep. Very big, very big third <laughs> period. Oh my gosh. Doing it for the moms. Um, Tony, <laughs> that's our wrap of Halloween. The Bills gave us a little spook this week. Are you ready to get into some Bills news and the Packers game review? I would say not as ready as our listeners are, but yeah, I'm ready. That's true. All right. Let's throw it to definitely not the scariest person in the Bills history, Mr. Marv Levy. And his wonderful voice. Take it away, Marv. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Tony, we got a lot of Bills to get into. Do you want to talk about the trade deadline bonanza first? Or do you want to talk about the Packers first? I'll let you choose. Uh, I say trade deadline, but Matt, I'll talk about anything. Let's talk about the trade deadline. Tony, the Bills. I got a lot of thoughts uh, on things. Okay. Oh, I'm ready to hear them. I'm ready to hear them. The Bills made some moves this trade deadline. Brandon B really sat on his hands to the last minute. There was all these rumors about how they were last week in for Christian McCaffrey and Elvin Kamara and gosh, everyone under the sun, it seemed like being has reached out to teams, which I always hate those reports, by the way. Just side note, like Brandon Bean has reached out. Somebody has reached out to the Saints about Alvin Kamara. Like, yeah, I'm sure 31 other teams have reached out in some way, shape, or form about Alvin Kamara. Don't report it like it's news. Anyway, but it seemed like it was all leading up to the trade that actually was made, and that is the Bills acquiring Naheem Hines from the Indianapolis Colts for Zach Moss and what did it end up being? A, oh, a six. A six in Zach Moss. That's right. I'm sorry. It's Zach a Moss sixth, a third and, round pick. and it could become it could become a fifth. It's conditional. Yes. So Zach Moss not seeing any playing time, not even active on game days. Brandon Bean pulls some kind of magic throwing in a fifth pick, which historically for the Bean era has gone pretty well. Matt Milano, a couple other guys in the fifth round, including Shakir Hewolf, that seem like good finds in the fifth. So, but you get a player like Naheem Hines who. It seems like the writing was on the wall for this trade. They, in the offseason, went and tried to go get J.D. McKissick, a type of player that they were lacking, uh, a third down back, a, a screen pass, yards after catch, make plays happen with the ball in his hands kind of player. That didn't work out for whatever reason, <laughs> whatever was going on in J.D. McKissick's head. The insurance policy was Duke Johnson, same kind of player, who's currently still on the practice squad. They ended up drafting a very similar player to those two guys in James Cook as what is presumably the future at the Bills running back position. I don't think that's changed based on this trade, but 
this acquisition of Naheem Hines and him being has been going for this type of player for a while. Tony, what are your thoughts about losing Zach Moss, acquiring Naheem Hines, what he brings to the team, what this means for the running back room and for the future of the running back room? Tony, what are uh, your thoughts about Naheem Hines? Uh, overall positive. I do think we're not giving enough to Zach Moss in this conversation. Zach Moss was... As I said, a third-round pick. He was a contributor for several years. He kind of fell by the wayside this year. And so in that sense, I'm glad we're trading him. All indications were that he was a really nice guy. He was always looking to bring his loved ones into the fold of Bill's Mafia and and open his heart to us and to the community. So in that sense, you know, uh, he will be missed. I respect Zach Moss. I hope he finds his way to thriving in the Colts system. And on that team, but I, I, I like that because I feel like Zach Moss has gotten a lot of flack from Bills fans for the past two years, and even on his way out, you know, a lot of people on Twitter are like, "Oh, why hasn't he passed his physical yet? Did he get held up at the line of scrimmage or something?" You know, some like snide remark. And I think what you just stated was very well put. Like he's had his moments. Like, he was a secondary running back who, for the most part, I thought kind of played that role and played it okay. So uh, I never had a problem with him. So I thought what, what you just said there was was very well stated. Yes. To Zach Moss. Huzzah. Huzzah. Uh, <laughs> now, Naheem Hines. I'm excited he's on the team. This is a guy who is known as someone who can be a weapon. He's been a fringe fantasy player for a while. He puts up numbers. I learned that he is fifth. Like he's fifth in the league. Uh, maybe it's in the past five years or just active players in terms of uh, reception yards amongst running backs. So he is fitting that role that James Cook, I guess we were hoping James Cook was going to just immediately find his way into it and not really need to develop that much, but that's not reality. Even though James Cook has been looking better, including and especially this past week, but I'm excited that Naheem Hines is in here because Naheem Hines, a little bit more versatile, I would say, than James Cook. A little bit more useful whereas like if there's an injury to Singletary like Heem Hines could really take take that on so I'm appreciative of now the added depth uh, that we have with Naheem Hines and I can't wait to see him in space and to make it and to watch as he makes people miss in a way that some of the other players I used to think I'd be excited about that but I'm just like soured on Isaiah McKenzie now and I'm James Cook is like you know I'm giving the benefit of the doubt but it's like okay now I'm like ready. Now I'm ready for Naheem Hines to show off some stuff. Show us how it's done. Give me some jukes. Give me some twists. Give me some action, Naheem Hines. It's going to be fun. I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited too. I think he's he adds a dimension to this offense that I think James Cook could add eventually, but he's probably ramping up a little slower than we expected. So I think Naheem Hines fits, fits right in. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, is this going to take away reps from James Cook? And yeah, maybe in the initial, but I think this is worse news for Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary being on his final year of his contract, not extended, not even mutterings of an extension in the media. So I think it's very well looking like a backfield next year of Naheem Hines and James Cook. I think this is worse news for Devin Singletary, don't you? Yes, I would agree with that. And it's interesting what you said about people are saying this is uh, like taking away reps from James Cook. That's a loser's attitude. That's a drought attitude. Why? Like, let's not worry right now about player development and like where they're going to be, what we're doing for them now for where they're going to be in two years. This is the moment. 
I don't care if he's taking away reps from James Cook. I don't care if we do something like this and it completely stuns someone's development and the whole thing fall, falls apart. That's not what this is about. Every move is about February. So that Super Bowl. Yeah, like right. This attitude about like reps and development, like I I am not here for that conversation. That is how we thought in 2014. That is not how we were supposed to think in 2022. I was going to mention how you are excited to see Naheem Hines in space and twisting and turning and juking and jiving and whatever, uh, because he is very athletic. Not only is he very fast, as evident by his first practice with the Bills this mm-hmm. week, and Stefan Diggs quote is saying, man, that guy's fast, but he's also quite the acrobat. We've seen him have touchdown celebrations where he does some kind of gymnastics standing flip turn thing i don't even want to venture a guess as to what it's called but half gainer i don't know but this is extremely good athlete extremely good acrobat extremely good football player who might have been underutilized in indianapolis when he had a chance to start to jonathan taylor injuries extremely effective when he was spelling jonathan taylor uh, as a third down back pass catching back out of the backfield. Very effective. So uh, like I said, I think the writing was on the wall from February of the type of player Brandon Bean sought and tried to go after. And here we are nine months later, and I'm not shocked whatsoever that this trade was made. I think it's just another weapon. Like if you look at now what the Bills can do, and again, I think it's it's another weapon to add to a diverse, an already diverse offensive scheme that Ken Dorsey can run. Now he can line up James Cook and Naheem Hines in the backfield and do kind of like a a wishbone, two guys out of the backfield, and then you line up Diggs and Davis on the outside and Knox on the inside or McKenzie. There's a lot of speed. There's a lot of weapons. There's a lot of playmakers out there that's going to make the defense have to think and have to think pretty strongly how to cover all these guys. So already a proficient offense, already a juggernaut of an offense. He's, this Bills team is. It just got, I think, a whole lot better. As long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a, a really good fit in this offense. I think it's going to work out well, too. I think that he is, I, like, let's not overhype it. He's not, he's not going to be like some cornerstone of the offense. But right. He's going to be really good. It's going to be awesome. But, you know, for me, like, let's be honest, if the, if, if the Bills had done nothing, we would have been disappointed. But I feel like every year, the past several years, the Super Bowl champion had some kind of, like, added boost that they grabbed at the trade deadline that just gets them, you know, that one half inch closer. And right. so I'm glad we did it because I would have felt like, okay, like, we're still the best. But, I mean, it would have been nice if we had said, you know, we're really just going to like spend a ton of money on or or even uh, Chris McCaffrey or something like that. But like right. Naheem Hines, like this is good. And he's, from what I understand, he's a real big like community guy. He's a great character guy. He's processed. Yep. So I'm happy that he's processed. Yep. A lot of people were happy for Naheem Hines that he's going to a contender because he's such a good locker room guy, because he's such a great community guy, a great teammate. And a, and a productive player on top of that. So, yeah, I think it's a great fit. I'm excited to see what he brings to this offense and what he can do on the field. Let me ask you that now, as you may or may not remember or know, this is a pet peeve. Naheem Hines is executing a pet peeve of mine. And that pet peeve is I hate it when the pseudo or like unspoken replacements take the same number as their predecessor. 
Like I hate oh, the Indian like Lions. That? I hate it. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> you did take number twenty. Yeah. Like I mentioned it on Twitter yeah, earlier. Takes number twenty. I thought it was a boss I hate, move. I hate it. Oh, you think no, it's, just, I think it's, you so, think it's I think disrespectful it's so to the previous guy? I think it's like unoriginal. I think you're just not even trying. Like you're not even trying to be your own person. I just hate it. You're just trying like, to be the other guy. Like let's say we don't sign Tremaine Edmonds, and then we dr- we spend a second round pick on another middle linebacker, and that second round pick takes forty nine. You got all the numbers to choose from. You're just gonna take the same one it was. Come on, be original. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. Make it your I own. Didn't mind it. It's a boss move. Be a boss, like a boss. The other trade that was made, Tony Marlowe machine is back in the fold. Dean Marlowe for a seventh round pick traded from Atlanta back for the Buffalo Bills. After his previous stint, he went to the Lions for a year. Minor success, considering it's the Lions. So team that doesn't an organization that doesn't have a lot of success but you know he was he was a starter he's productive then he went to atlanta didn't see a lot of time bill's get him back in the fold i probably want to put the the player on the field stuff to the side for a second because i think this move is more a testament to the process and the culture because ever since dean marlowe was traded back to the bills whether it's dean marlowe himself his wife it seems like just like jordan phillips their heart never left Buffalo. And mm. I think that speaks a lot to the impact that McDermott and Bean and I'll even say the Pagulas have, you know, put on this organization. So, um, and, and I, and I liked him as a player during his first in here. So I'm glad he he's back. Um, and they needed some safety, safety depth with Poyer going back on the injured list, whether it's day to day or week to week whether you believe the Bills GM or the media, <laughs> that's up to you. But Mike hide out for the year, and they're they're quite thin at safety. Jaquan Johnson hasn't been great. Tamar Hamlin's been good and surprisingly good at that. But aside from that, if Poyer's hurt and continues to get hurt, you don't have a lot of depth behind him and Hamlin. So uh, I like this move. Uh, I think uh, he seems to be excited to be back. I'm excited he's back. Tony, what are your thoughts? I'm excited he's back. I think that... You know, this is something existent. I like the signal of that it's like something existential in that I feel as though for what has been built in this whole McBean thing that's all leading to this moment, uh, the universe decided that Dean Marlowe deserves to be a part of it, that he's actually a part of it, that he's a piece to it. He's someone who belongs here. Uh, now, I heard a, I saw a tweet from someone. I heard like a rumor that he was in tears that he got to come back. Did you hear that? I heard that, yeah. Okay, yeah, I heard that too, but I couldn't confirm anything. Don't believe it? <laughs> uh, no, I do. I want to believe it. I'm choosing to believe it. I would believe it after no one's... the Lions and the Falcons, two of the worst organizations in the NFL the past two years. Uh, I, I would believe it. To come back to for a chance to win a Super Bowl, I'd be in tears too. Happy tears. Well, I would be in tears. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, tears of joy, of course. Yeah, I'm choosing to believe that. But that's that, that he was he was moved to tears that he gets to come back, gets to come back home, that he feels that this is home. And I'm happy to have Dean Marlowe home, and I'm happy to screen when he takes down Zach Wilson next week. I'm happy to screen that Zach Wilson is on the Dean's list. I love that nickname on Dean's <laughs> list. Uh, so I like that. And you know what I really like in this case? He's number 31. He got 31 back. Yeah, he got it back. He didn't have to change I anything do, up. I do like that it's like well. he never left. He's back where he belongs. In the, in the number he belongs, it's all as it should be. The universe is back in balance. Nice try, Thanos. Dean Marlowe was the man. Not not today, Thanos. 
Yeah, not today, Thanos. Thanos was right. Yeah, 31 again. I think, like, from a football perspective, we talked about the existential off the field. He's happy to be back, a testament to the culture. But from a football perspective, I kind of, like, not only for the depth at safety, but I feel like this is kind of just another, like, how do I want to put this? Guy to throw at Travis Kelsey. Oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. You can't really stop Travis Kelsey. Many have tried. Many have failed. The best you can do is try to hope to slow him down. And they've and they've tried many different ways. They've tried with Matt Milano. They've tried with Taron Johnson. They've tried with Saran Neal most recently. None have been successful. Travis Kelsey continues to put up 100-plus yard games, be the Kansas City Chiefs' most effective weapon. So why not keep firing whatever you have loaded <laughs> at the guy? And this is just another... Another thing to fire at him. Maybe Dean Marlowe is the solution to finally slowing down Travis Kelsey. That's my two cents about it. And not only for the holistic picture of bringing in more safety depth, but for or the macro picture, but for the micro picture of they haven't had anyone to stop Travis Kelsey. And maybe just maybe Dean Marlowe might be the answer. So we'll see. That That's first thing I thought of when we got him back. I'm like, oh, this is a guy to throw at Travis Kelsey. He's solid. I mean, Dean Marlowe is just like a solid player all around. There's no complaints. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see him back back where he belongs in, in the system. And I can't wait to see how he fits in with the rest of the depth, with Hamlin, with Xavier when he comes back, uh, which should be sooner than later, and if he's going to play mm-hmm. safety. You know, I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. But like, as we said, yeah. you know, this is all predicated on Poirier coming back sooner than later as well. Right, and that's of the utmost importance because he is... Jordan Poyer is crucial to that defense. Tony, with new additions come some sad departures. Brandon Bryant again released. Hopefully they can get him back because I like him. I know you're a Zim head, but I, I like him a lot better than I like Justin Zimmer as a depth guy. And the big loss, and we actually did lose him because the Giants picked him up off the waiver wire, Isaiah Hodgins, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I, I am crushed. I, I know he's on paper and on the depth chart of sixth seventh option in this offense maybe even lower than that but i thought he was a guy you could stash for the future you know and in a year become the fourth receiver and two years become the third receiver or be a very quality backup to gabe davis gabe davis ever got hurt for a long period of time so the giants needed wide receivers they currently don't have any they just traded Kadarius tony to the chiefs kenny galladay has not worked out in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they're running out former Bills legend David Sills V and a couple of other guys like Darius Slate. Like they needed receivers, like Richie, Richie James, like Bellinger, like these guys get hurt and are fumbling kickoffs. Like, not surprised the Giants and Dable picked them up, knowing Hodgins being part of the draft process to draft Hodgins. So good pickup by the Giants. I'm upset by this one, Tony. I'm a little gut punched here. I am not gut-punched by Brandon Bryant, as you said, because I prefer Justin Zimmer. And honestly, if someone said Justin Zimmer was going to be activated, I'd be, I'd be pretty stoked up about it um, for, for one reason or another. So, yeah, I was thinking about that. And, obvi- and obviously, they feel the same way, too, because Zimmer is still here and Brandon Bryant isn't. So I am just kind of thinking, I, I am just surprised by it. Do you think it's a move of like, we're going to put him out there to give him a chance because his career is probably just going to be like, he's just always going to be buried on the death chart here. Do you think it was kind of a professional respect move? 
Because why would you do that over some of the other wide receivers on the practice squad when Inter-gen- you could get rid of Trader Jenkins? Yeah. yeah, who we've already gotten rid of before and brought back, you know, many times right. over. Keyshawn Johnson, not that Keyshawn Johnson, but like Keyshawn give Johnson him, over the here. Versus, right, exactly. Keyshawn Johnson over one of our draft picks? That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem like something we would normally do. So do you think that it's a professional courtesy thing? I, I would hope so at this point because again mm-hmm. if we if we know anything we know Brand, brandon bean loves his draft picks and loves yeah. to see them develop in this system so obviously it's no surprise or secret to anyone that the bills and giants probably have a good professional relationship with each other mm-hmm. with joe shane and brian dable obviously running the show in new york now or new jersey i should say so yeah maybe it, there was a professional gentleman's agreement where somewhere down the road the giants will instead of a fifth round pick for a trade or whatever throw us a third round pick as a courtesy or something you know mm. I, I don't know uh, your guess is, is as good as mine at this okay, point or um, or is it an indication that marquez stevenson is coming back faster than we think god i hope not i agree with you <laughs> i hope we're not making that a priority like this no. Uh, we always say in this podcast, Marquez Stevens is not as fast as his nickname or him give away. <laughs> nickname is Speed. Right. I saw a list. Guess where Marquez Stevenson, where, where do you think he would would land top 40 times on the Bills roster? You think he'd be like top 21, three, right? <laughs> no, not that low. But okay. you think he'd be blazing. He'd run like a 4-3 something, right? He's like ninth. Oh, okay. He's, he's not that fast, like. I don't know where this like legend of Kiko allure of him being fast came from because he returned one punt in a preseason. And <laughs> he wasn't even fast then. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's enough Marco Stevenson talk. Uh, Tony, any trades you were surprised Bean didn't make? Any players you wish he would have acquired that he didn't? Oh, well, wishing like a much more active trade deadline. Yeah, wishing wise. Yeah, throw, wishing throw a penny wise in the wishing my- well. What do you got? In my fantasy world, when I saw the TJ Hawkinson trade, I was like, oh, I was, well, we should have just done that. I said the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, I, we should have done that. Yeah, I, I thought we should have done that, too, because I, I just visualized the amount of mismatches they could have thrown out there would have been insane. Mm. If you run a two tight end set with Hawkinson, Knox, you have Davis and Diggs and then McKenzie or Cook or whoever, like. Every matchup feels like a mismatch if you're running that formation out there. Yes. TJ Hawkinson, I think, is really good. Very bright future. And for the value they got, I mean, essentially just a second and a third round pick became two fourth round picks. And Brandon Bean doesn't even have a good track record with second round picks. I wish we had more fourth round picks. We should be always doing this. We should always be turning second round picks into fourth round picks. Yeah. We find better value. I mean, yeah. That's how that's. That's the way it seems to shake out. Like we we all we draft studs in the fourth and fifth round, and then the second round is always like someone a little questionable. So now I'm like, so yeah, I'll take TJ Hawkinson and give exactly. Cordy Glenn. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a TJ Hawkinson and who? Cordy Glenn. Oh, Cordy Glenn. Well, okay. Yeah. That's not a bean. Remember pick, him? But I do. Just saying, history of second round picks has not been kind to the Bills. Trail Troop. I can go on. True. True. But man, fourth and fifth round picks constantly nailing yeah, it. We're, we're money. <laughs> you know, 
Sha- yeah, Shakira gave Davis, Mamelano. I mean, sign me up. This is what I'm getting out cool. of the deal. Give me TJ Hawkinson and up my and up my and up my chances in the fourth and fifth. Right. I thought exactly. there was real. I don't know. I thought they got great value just to say we're trading down and getting TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I would I would have done that too if I were the Bills. I'm I'm surprised they yeah. actually uh, weren't in the in the market for that. And for the Lions to trade him in her division is also just extremely odd. Yeah. Trading him to the Vikings. So that's the one that stood out to me as well. Tony, any other trade line, uh, trade deadline notes you want to mention before we get into our uh, Packers review here? Um, not really, other than fuck the Dolphins. They're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, like I said, Bean sat on his hands for a while. Uh, right. Until like the last minute. And then some deals started to come through. Hines and Marlowe deals came through where just like the offseason, it looked like man, the Bills are doing nothing as every other team is getting better. The Ravens trade for Roquan Smith, who a player I love, who I wish the Bills would get, but not on the cards. Dolphins trade for Bradley Chubb and Jeff Wilson. Chiefs trade for Kadarius Toney, as I mentioned. And the Bills are just like sitting there. Would you have been happy? Final question. That's a good segue. Would you have been happy if they did nothing? Or would you have been okay? Maybe not happy. Would you have been okay if they did nothing? Yeah, I think I would have been okay. I would have been okay, too. They're 6-1. Yeah. and one. They're a juggernaut. They should be undefeated. I would have been okay. Are you ready to get into Packers talk? <laughs> yeah, I can talk Packers. Yeah, let's talk some Packers. All right. Of course, listeners, we start off our game review the same way every week with the so bad it's good review. Tony's got his notepad ready. Here we go. Hit the music. A tale of two cities and a tale of two halves as it started the best of times and almost ended the worst of times in Orchard Park Sunday. Stefan Diggs' mouth wasn't the only thing running as we need to talk about Devin Singletary and Josh Alanis Morissette being jagged little hard pills to swallow for the Packers' defense. Production ahead, ye mafia, as Captain James Cook was the Michelin five-star chef we ordered off the 2022 draft menu. Aaron, Mr. Jones, and me almost had the Bills counting and almost eating crow as he led a Packers second half comeback where the Bills could only muster three points in the final two quarters. Hmm, almost sounds like someone called in a curse from a certain witch they might know personally the day before Halloween when witches' powers are almost at their max. Hmm, makes you wonder. But the Bills were the ones maroon high-fiving in the locker room as they moved to 6-1 and one with a 27-17 win. Tony, that's the game review. Thoughts? Comments, concerns, questions. What is this witch thing? What the hell are you talking about? Aaron Rodgers dates witch. a witch. Why don't more people know this? Oh, yeah. All right. More people should know this. I do know that, but I, yeah. Man, okay. The man okay. is spiraling okay. in his personal life. I guess that's true, yeah. That, and we should be using that phrasing, I think, a little bit more. You know, we got to be comfortable spiraling. with being, yeah, we got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Let's tell it like it is. For that's right. The likes of Aaron Rodgers. Let's tell it like it is. The man is dating a witch. He looks yeah. like he is an Psycho. extra on Con Air. Yep, yep. His his life is spiraling out of control as we as we watch. Uh, it it is kind of fitting that the old guard this year it, it they they're hitting a wall. Like Brady, Rodgers, Matt Ryan. Like we were always for the last past couple of years. At least I was like. When are these guys going to slow down? When are they just going to hit that wall? They're 40 plus years old, still going. Like Brady had one of the best passing statistical years he's ever had last year. Rodgers won MVP last year. It's like, man, these guys are never going to slow down. 
this year, they've hit that wall and they've hit it hard. <laughs> well, Matt Ryan, I'm surprised you put in there because Rodgers and Brady's wall is like emotional and is, you know, some sort of like social, emotional, mental. Matt Ryan just got old. It's all that happened. I think they all got old. The other, Their walls the other also two, oh, they all the got old. Field. Yeah, yeah. But two of them also went nuts. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that contributes for sure. Yeah. But like Matt Ryan, you can still go on Matt Ryan's lawn and you won't get yelled at. It'll be fine. The other two, I, you know, I, I pray Hanging for. out with QAnon Flutie. <laughs> yeah, hanging out with QAnon Flutie. Totally. Tony, I think the big issue that I saw in this game were some old issues of Bill's past rearing their ugly head once again. Josh forcing things. Two interceptions that I thought were very un-Josh-like this year of him forcing throws, making poor decisions. The run defense, again, getting gashed by Aaron Jones and this Packers offensive line, having their way with the, the, the Bills defense in the run game, not getting off the field on third down. I think they were less than 50% on third down. And personally for me, Tremaine Edmonds, extremely rough game. Again, these are the games I look back at and say, man, it's just it's not clicking for Tremaine. He, he's not diagnosing plays correctly. He can't get off blocks, not using his athleticism to his advantage. A lot of old demons rearing their ugly heads. We're going to keep it Halloween themed with the demon drop there. Tony, what, what was that like the biggest issue for you? What do, what do you think about that stuff? It was the biggest issue for me. It has been the biggest issue for me in the mental reflection that I've go, that I've had to put myself through all week long. Uh, and that's the question of off night or regression. And, question. you know, so in terms of regression, I mean, I remember a time a couple of weeks ago that Josh didn't make a completion for like 10 attempts in a row or something like that. I know that Josh has a new QB coach who maybe the influence is sinking in. I know that there's some other, some new factors in terms of the defensive line and who was on that defensive line when the running game was a huge issue. Oh, was it Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson? Interesting. So I'm saying not regression, but I'm saying that as well not enough sample size yet to declare regression but a part of me is like you know next week if some shit goes down i'm gonna be really pissed like let's get this shit together but i think that right now my attitude is just like yeah they'll clean it up probably and that's what they have to do they're professionals this is all they do like they go to practice every day and they work out all the time and so i'm kind of uh i'm just looking for i'm i'm looking forward to a jets game and what i want to see in that is Make it look like the Rams game. Just like razor sharp, nothing's going wrong. Just take care of business, you know? And I think this is a good opportunity for the Bills to to show us who they truly are. Because yeah. Packers kind of gave other teams the blueprint of how to beat the Bills. The Bills only scored three points in that second half Sunday. They got dominated in terms of time, time of possession. They had a killer first half, and that's why they were able to sustain a lead throughout the entire game. But... They did not look good that second half. So Packers have given other teams the blueprint of how to beat the Bills. And it, it wasn't like this was a surprise blueprint. It's run the ball, control the clock, keep the, Josh Allen in the offense, which is extremely efficient off the field, and make plays when they present themselves to you or execute plays or 
mm. whatever the mm-hmm. Packers did with two interceptions. So I don't think the blueprint was any was unknown in any way. But this is a good test for the Bills to say, okay, has the league figured us out, or are we good enough to now pivot and? show that we're different than these Bills teams of the years past. I remember defenses getting gashed for 200 yards a game in consecutive games uh, in years past. I remember Josh forcing things in years past that he hasn't done this year up until Sunday. Sometimes with Josh, and this may be just me, and tell me if I'm crazy, which I probably am, but sometimes I think he mentally thinks, and we talk so much about the mental game and the emotional game of this this team and or the emotional aspect of this team and how they deal with it. Sometimes I think Josh feels like he's in, invincible. You know, he's he's running, he's leaping over guys, he's making plays, he's making every throw in the book. That first half against the Packers was textbook. Everything was going right. The the pass to Stefan Diggs on a dime in between the safety and corner, making a lot of good throws. So it's like the offense was clicking and and all facets and they played pretty much a perfect first half. I feel like sometimes Josh just thinks he's invincible. Like I can make every throw. I'm going to make every play. And most of the times he does, but that couple times when he's forcing things, it can turn out to be detrimental in some point. If they didn't build such a big first half lead in this case, the result of this game could have been much different. Yeah. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about last year. I cannot remember what game it was, but, when he was just screaming, I am him at the end of it. And I'm like, this game made me think exactly what you are about how you're phrasing invincibility. I'm like, yes, Josh, Josh really believes that in his bones. Like he really believes that he's, that he's him, that he is one of the, you know, the greatest player in the league and on that field in that moment. So there's nothing that he shouldn't be able to pull off or overcome or whatever. And that man mindset is why we love him. That mindset can be a little scary because it might at some point yield some, some mistake or some injury or something. But what I really wanted out of it was just like, just the dumb mistakes out of it. I shouldn't say dumb mistakes, but just like the, oh, they were dumb. It's a good careless, the careless mistakes, the careless mistakes out of Josh. Yeah. Like when he tried to, like when he tried to dirt it and just down the ball and then like, it's just in someone's hands instead of like, and throwing yeah, it in the back, I, I out of the back the, of the end zone. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I think, I hope anyway that I'm wrong, but it seems like is Josh too confident that these start to become like trap games or trap drives, if you will. I don't want to think so, but maybe I do. But this is all a pretty high level of speculation. So I'm not really going to be worried about it because we're probably still going to keep winning anyway. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Tony, because when you look at the big picture of this game, they played probably their worst half of the year, that second half. And still won by 10 points against a Packers team that consistently makes the playoffs against MVP, reigning MVP at quarterback. Um, I think that's a testament to just kind of how good this team is. And in years past, they never had a fallback. Even Josh's first couple of years, definitely pre-Allen era, there was never a fallback. It was always just like, if we're not hitting on all facets of the game, if we're not executing the game plan, really well or to perfection like probably not going to win but now they can have faults now they can have flaws now they don't need to play their best yes any given sunday yes any team could come in and beat them a la the jaguars last year 
But even if they falter on offense, if they, even if they only score three points, they have 20, 30 minutes of, of bad football. They still are a really, really good team and maybe the best in the league. And they can still win against a quality opponent by double digits. I think that's where we're at. The bar is so high with this team. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's not like the way I'm thinking of it is, are we overreacting? It was a half of football versus all the games of this season versus what we know of, but you know, last season. Yeah. And I also think, (laughs) and I also, right. And I also think a, a quote from Brandon Bean that has become like a mantra in my life, whenever something goes down, it's just like, you know, progress isn't linear. And so the progress of this season isn't going to be linear. There's going to be some ups and downs, but it's probably going to be trend up. So that's what I look for at this point. I, I think how good they are, how they performed up until this point this season, and looking at the future schedule, they can have games like this. They can have halves like this where they falter and we don't have to worry of, oh man, this is a tough four-game stretch. They're not playing their best right now. It's they're looking at maybe one and three this next four, you know, something like like their schedule's not that hard. And I think they're playing three games remaining against teams with winning records and two teams in that because they play the Jets twice and the Jets are even outperforming. Their record is better than anyone ever expected. So they can have pass like this and I don't have to wonder, oh, you know, oh, shoot, they're playing the Chiefs next week and they're not looking good or they're not going there like. They have a lot of games to get right and a lot a good stretch to get right. And all I needed them to do, just like they did last year, is get right before the playoffs. Yeah. Get healthy. Yeah. Play your best football. And you have opponents that can put you in that right state of mind. That's all I need. But I like I said, I do think these old demons reared their ugly heads. And is it cause for concern? Maybe. We'll see. We hope this team's different, but year after year they have these games where the run defense looks so porous and uh, just getting gashed every drive like they did in the second half of this game. Actually, the whole game uh, on Sunday against the Packers. Um, not getting off the field on third down, third and longs especially. Uh, it just, you know, you just you just hope it's an anomaly and not a trend. That That's all I hope for. So I don't think I, I'm worried either. The sample size is enough for me not to worry uh, in terms of being six and one and looking really good doing it, uh, beating quality teams, beating the Chiefs, beating the Ravens, beating the Titans. Like, I, I'm not worried. Not worried. Um, what else, Tony? I mean, there's not much to talk about this game. It was, like I said, really good first half, really bad second half. So I don't have many notes. The only other note I really had was finally the emergence of James Cook. The thing you've been waiting mm. for, the thing you've been speaking its existence into for weeks now uh, finally happened. And with the Naheem Hines trade, I hope the momentum doesn't slow down. But James Cook had a really good game. Uh, he was effective. He was a weapon. Uh, he made the most of his opportunities. And that's what it's going to be with James Cook. He hasn't had many opportunities to date to really make an impact. And and I think that's kind of going to still be the case moving forward here. He's going to get five to 10 touches a game, but it's what he makes of those touches. That's really going to, you know, determine how, how I view James Cook moving forward because 
this game, he made the most of his opportunities. He was effective in the passing game, as we all hoped for when we drafted him. The guy we can line up in the slot, line up in the backfield, coming out of the backfield, yards after catch, being effective, being a mismatch. He showed all that uh, this game, effective in the run game, showing great burst, getting through the hole, um, hitting the line of scrimmage quickly. You know, every everything we thought we were getting when we drafted James Cook, we saw glimpses of this game. You have to be happy, Tony, I'd imagine. I'm generally happy. I think that, like I said, progress isn't linear, but I'm seeing a lot of progress with James Cook. And uh, I look for that development now to be a little bit, um, to be tangentially getting higher. Uh, because now there's a veteran presence in the room that can be his mentor, that can show him a thing or two, that can tell him what it's like to be that multidimensional pass catching running back and tell him how that works, you know, in this league, former of Naheem Hines. So uh, I, you know, I think that's also kind of part of it. Like, I wonder if bringing in a veteran presence in the room for the likes of James Cook to develop under, to feel out, to utilize the resources of, and to be helpful with, I, I look for that. So yeah, I, I was happy with what I saw out of James Cook. Obviously it would just be really awesome if next year, if, and when James Cook is the lead back, if he just like can just be like that kind of all the time and that can be a lot more consistent. And then it's like, we have Devin cook on the team. Yeah. If he could just, he could be his brother. Right. Right. And Hey, we're about to have the cook bowl coming up soon too. That will be fun. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. Did you have any other notes about this game? I thought the offensive line played really well. Like we mentioned, Devin Singletary, James mm-hmm. cook, Josh Allen, all very effective in the run game. Seven yards carried. Allen averaged over eight. Singletary just below five, which is still really effective for 14 carries. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, like I said, that's the only other thing I know is offensive line. Once again, gelling. I, I like what they've been doing the past couple of weeks, getting the run game going. Um, we don't need a proficient run game. We just need an effective run game. And that's what it's been the past couple of weeks. It's been effective. It's been a compliment to the passing offense. I think it's allowed Josh Allen and Dorsey to utilize play action a lot more, which I love because I think play action gets Josh in a rhythm. It makes defenses get on their heels a little, brings them up, brings them back, gets them moving, gets mismatches going. So uh, I like what they're doing from an offensive perspective. Defense has a lot to fix. Obviously, getting gashed in the run game as i mentioned but when plays were there for to, to be had they didn't take them uh, romeo dobbs made a terrific catch over taron johnson but i feel like that's a play taron's got to make push him out of bounds deflect the ball do something milano i think had if i'm not mistaken had an interception opportunity that uh mm-hmm. he missed on so overall i don't think it was the defense's best showing They've been so good at making halftime adjustments. This seemed to be the antithesis of that game, <laughs> like, or of that, uh, you know, what they've done the all year. Um, right. It didn't seem like they made halftime adjustments because, or, or maybe they did make halftime adjustments, but the Packers just stuck to the script. Maybe that's what they weren't expecting. Oh, when I was going to say, maybe the Packers made better halftime adjustments. Or maybe none, because when you're down 24-7, you expect the Packers to come out and just try to score. How's the Usually the quickest way to score in the NFL is by throwing the ball and, and abandoning the run game if you go down big. Um, but the Green Bay Packers did the exact opposite. They 
relied more on the run game <laughs> despite being down by 17 points in the second half. So maybe that was it. Maybe the defense just got, and Leslie Frazier just got it caught off guard a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. That makes me feel yeah, okay. better as a fan. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll spread that, that information around. You did mention before you were you're you're sour on Isaiah McKenzie, the face of the franchise. Mm. A lot of McKenzie slander out there. A lot of people down on him for a guy that has the same amount of touchdowns this year as Gabe Davis does. Are we setting the bar too high on expectations for Isaiah McKenzie? Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Apparently we are. Maybe. Apparently we have been the whole time just because we always think of a likable player. And we always think of, you know, the Miami game and the and the New England game when he just like blows it up and like looks incredible. And now seeing a player who, you know, kind of has a lot of drops, who kind of seems slightly out of position at given points. Um, So maybe maybe it was. I'm glad he's here. I'm not dogging him too bad. But my mindset on Isaiah McKenzie has changed, whereas if it's going to Isaiah McKenzie or Isaiah McKenzie has it my attitude has become like, oh, just don't screw up. Whereas it used to be like, ooh, Mackenzie has it. Okay. Like, let's see what What's fun dynamic play we're about to watch. Yeah. Kind of how I felt like early Josh Allen in his career of like when he take off, when he take off running, I'm just like, please don't fumble. And I knew he was going to fumble like half the time. <laughs> and he did. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how you're feeling about Isaiah is like, please don't drive the ball. Please don't mess up. Please don't fumble or do something. <laughs> Yeah, he, I mean, I think the expectations were high. I, I think you're exactly right in terms of we see performances like the New England game last year when out of nowhere, he just blows up and whatever, seven catches, 90 yards, two times, whatever he had, whatever his stat line was that game, totally unexpected. And I think as Bills fans, we're always wired to to ask the question, what if mm. or, or what could be like my as a McKenzie has a super good performance like he could do this all the time possibly and maybe maybe that's the the mindset we have as bills fans sometimes it's panned out like josh allen like we saw glimpses of josh allen's greatness and like oh this is what he could be and he's become that and sometimes it doesn't and maybe that's isaiah mckenzie's position of he's just is who he is and he's he's a guy that probably should get five touches a game and being in different packages and being the gadget guy, and that's the role he's best at. He's he's not a true slot receiver a la Cole Beasley or Jameson Crowder or these guys the Bills have had in the past, but he has his own skill set and he's his own position. And yeah, maybe we just set the bar a little too high based on the the what could be of last year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like focusing on what could be and just assuming that's what it would be. Yeah. And maybe that was a little advantage. Maybe a little, anyway, but, little, little but, bit but, much for us. But just like just like we mentioned with Zach Moss and his Bills career, like it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as people, you know, with keyboard warriors and people online are are making it out to be. Like Isaiah McKenzie mm-hmm. has four touchdowns this year. He's been pretty effective. He had a, a heck of a touchdown Sunday on a reverse, which I thought it was all him. Like nobody else on the team is making that play, showing that speed, getting to the pylon faster than the other guy. Like that's all Isaiah McKenzie. So if he's good in that role, like I'll I'll take it ten times out of ten. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I don't I don't need him to be the the ten catches for eighty yards and a touchdown. Wes Welker 
whoever super slot receiver. <laughs> um, right. So those are those are the only other notes I had, Tony. Any other notes from the game? Did you go to the game? Nope. Not this week. I'm trying. I thought I did have something, but I I lost it. No, nope, I got nothing. You got no notes. <laughs> Bills six and one next week uh, at the Jets. Big divisional matchup against the Jets. Shockingly, I don't think I'm worried. I don't know if the Jets are very good, despite their record. Uh, I don't think they are. I don't even think they think they are. <laughs> I think that's a good. I, I think that's correct. Yeah, and I think that like if what we're worried about is being exposed by the Packers, then it's like these certain packages of run plays. I'm not worried about James Robinson either. Right. Yeah. So it's I, I all whatever. We'll, we'll be we'll be just fine. <laughs> Tony, what do you say we wrap up the episode? Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor. Been with us from the beginning, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Who's he starting at just $5? Awesome designs, awesome quality, shop local, support local, traveling growler, great holiday gift, holiday season coming up. T-shirt store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Support the podcast. Get a t-shirt, get a crew neck, get a tank, get a hoodie. Uh, really cool designs. If you're into pop culture references and that stuff, the Witty Not Funny apparel store is the place to go. Once again, teespring.com. Search witty, not funny, all one word. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast, as always, on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. Search witty, not funny, all one word. Search Built in Buffalo. You can find us. If you like us, leave us a review. Subscribe. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. And while you're there, check out all the other great shows Built in Buffalo has given you throughout the week. Uh, a lot of great content. Um, a lot of great Bills talk. So Built in Buffalo, iTunes, Spotify, wherever your fine podcasts are listened to for free. Uh, Twitter handles. You can find the podcast at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, on Instagram. Witty Not Funny Sports, TikTok, Facebook page. Give everything a follow. We love connecting with the Bill Sports, Buffalo Sports community out there. Uh, we love following back. So uh, hit that follow button. Join the Witty Nation. Tony, where can the listeners find you on Twitter? At Tony Ambrose. It's my name. It's his name. It's easy. Uh, give us a follow. Join the Witty Nation, as I mentioned. And finally, send off for the listeners. Tony, we've had two weeks to think of a motivational send off. What do you got for the listeners? You know, shout out. If you want to be motivated, look no further than uh, Seymour Knox Plaza, because I'm looking at a Sabres team that has scored 14 goals in two games. Come on. Mm-hmm. They're fun. They're exciting. That's that's fun. That's exciting. Let's just be like the Sabres. Go score 14 goals in two games. There's your motivation. <laughs> yes. They're, uh, as I mentioned when we had our Sabres chat a couple weeks ago, their friends, Straight Up Sabres podcast, uh, they remind me of a, of a Men in Black quote when Will Smith points to Tommy Lee Jones and says, old and busted and new hot. And the Sabres are the new <laughs> hotness. The NHL yeah. is old and busted. They are playing very well. Uh, they're fun. They're entertaining. They score goals. And they look like a real hockey team, more so than really any quick. other year of the past 10 years. Really quick. Are you at all concerned that Tage Thompson bought 
Jack Eichel's house. Oh, I didn't know. Is that is that true? Uh, I think so. I just saw it on. I just saw it. someone mentioned something about it. Oh, interesting. True or not? Well, hypothetical. My, I don't like it. I, I don't like it either because my buddy bought Zach Bogosian's house, and he has it has been all downhill from him since. Then. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm I'm fine with it. All right. I guess anything to get this the stench of Jack Eichel off of this area is oh, fine okay. with me. Interesting take. Uh huh. Interesting take on it. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm good with it. <laughs> uh, go Sabers. Go watch if you haven't watched Sabers yet this year. Go watch them. Uh, go Bills. And as I always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.